Welcome into R.J. Bell's Dream Preview, Major League Baseball edition. Alongside Griffin Warner, I'm Scott Seidenberg. It is a Thursday night into Friday evening. We're going to get you set up with all the games to go here on Friday and the weekend series. But Griffin, we have to start with the hottest team in Major League Baseball, and that is the Cincinnati Reds. Winners of 11 straight games, a game and a half in first place in the NL Central, despite having a negative 14 run differential. And despite being in first place and winning 11 straight games, you can still get them at between plus 300 and plus 350 to win the division. So I'll ask you, are the Reds for real? Um, Hard to say because they have major problems in their pitching um, department, which is going to be important to winning a division. But um, took care of business, uh, have won 11 straight, as you said. And I actually nibbled a little bit myself on a, around a four to one number earlier this week, which they haven't lost since then. Uh, unfortunately, they are not going to be hosting the Rockies for the rest of the season. So um, I think the uh, rubber will meet the road at some point. But I think there are big flaws with the Brewers. The Pirates haven't won in um, just as long as the uh, the Reds have been winning consecutively. Um the Cubs seem like a team that fell off to a really good start, and the Cardinals are still in last place. So uh, it feels like a pretty wide-open division. So I nibbled a little bit on a uh, a team that had won, I think it was eight straight at the time, but we're uh, about to be in first place, or I think we're half game up when I grabbed it. And, uh, you know, it's going to be one of those that I ride throughout the rest of the year because I got some big questions on how they get wins or, or I guess get leads to Alexis Diaz to close games out. Will the streak come to an end here on Friday as the Reds host the Braves? Atlanta's minus 155. Smith Shaver's on the hill for the Braves. Luke Weaver going for Cincinnati. Hard to trust Luke Weaver at this point in his career. Uh, had a lot of expectations coming up with the Cardinals and didn't really make it after he got traded to the Diamondbacks and now he's in Cincinnati, they bailed him out after he didn't pitch very well at Houston, which Houston hadn't been hitting anybody uh, until that game, essentially. Uh, it's hard for me to, to believe in it. I do think there's a little bit of kind of a weird scenario because Smith Shaw was supposed to go on Wednesday, got rained out, and they ended up putting Bryce Elder in, who pitched very well today uh, on Thursday. But then it's a little bit weird. I mean, uh, try, trying to get some extra rest for a young arm doesn't make um, – isn't too – odd to understand or, or weird to try to figure out but I do wonder how that's gonna mess up his schedule his throwing schedule and things of that nature but uh, I think the Braves look like the best team in baseball to me right now um, despite not winning 11 straight they've had a little bit more difficult of the schedule um, but I guess you got to give it to the Reds for ha having won so many games in a row uh, I'm certainly not laying the minus 150 on the road with a rookie though the Rays take on the Royals. Zach Eflin going for Tampa. Zach Greinke going for the Royals. Tampa Bay's minus 267. This Rays team, it's a, it's a little interesting. Uh, McClanahan leaves with an injury yesterday. It doesn't look like it's anything serious. They were just taking a precaution. Uh, Wander Franco's getting benched for not hustling. Yandy Diaz costs me a first five bet because he falls down running to third and makes no attempt to get up and run to third to beat out the throw. Instead, he just stays on the ground. Trainers go see him. And, of course, he's fine. He stays in the game. But uh, I'm just not happy with the Rays right now. But this is still a mismatch when it comes to the pitching matchup. It certainly is. I mean, the Rays, I, I mean, the Wander Franco thing is very interesting to me because, to me, it seems like he was, uh, the way Kevin Cash said it was that he was not able to handle frustration. So I wonder if he just completely trashed the locker room like two nights in a row or something like that. And they're like, 
guys, come on, like who's doing this? And they figured out it was Wander and they're like, okay, well, you can't just like literally throw, I, I guess he didn't pull a Chris Sale and cut up uniforms, but then again, maybe he did, you never know. Um, but I, I think the Rays still look like one of the best teams of baseball. Didn't do a very good job of closing the game out tonight against the Royals uh, on Thursday night as they are, uh, it looks like they're heading into a tie ball game now into the ninth. But um, I still feel like the Rays are one of the best teams of baseball. I tried my best to uh, avoid fading them uh, with the Orioles, who I just think are about as good of a bullpen, uh, but did not come through on, on Wednesday, I think it was. Um, but this is a huge mismatch between the, the Royals and, and the Rays, best team in baseball versus the worst. Uh, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't mess with it and get too frisky with a Royals play. Kenta Maeda makes his return from the IL as he'll start for the Twins in Detroit against the Tigers. Joey Winst going for Detroit. Minnesota's minus 145. The last time we saw Maeda on a mound, he was getting rocked by the Yankees for 10 runs in three innings. Impossible to trust Kenta Maeda at this point. I think most pitchers coming off the IL, you want to treat them with kid gloves as their teams, managers, organizations will. But I think betting them is really hard. Um, on the other side, Jake Wentz, like how much do we trust him? Uh, do we trust the Tigers' bullpen, which has been moving Alex Lang around, and he's been thrown in the seventh, the eighth, and sometimes the ninth, but mainly in higher leverage roles, and has really struggled not getting the ninth inning. So um, I think I'm I'm Tigers if if I like if I had to play something, but man, they're not really a a, a prom queen to put it that way. Pirates will send Luis Ortiz to the mound in Miami against the Marlins. Jesus Lazardo goes for the fish. Miami minus 170. Pretty high price, but Miami's look good. Yeah, and the, the Pirates blew a, a really big lead on, on Thursday. Uh, 4-1, I think it was, and ended up not even covering the run line. Um, yeah, the Pirates haven't hit the ball for a long time now. I think they've finally realized that they're the Pirates um, that we were all expecting coming into the year. Uh, great April notwithstanding. And the bullpen, which to me was the strongest part of them, uh, clearly didn't work out So uh, tonight at least. So I, I don't really know what to do with the Pirates. I think they're still a team that are going to play hard physical or like hard-nosed baseball type of thing and are going to be challenging to their opponents, but uh, they're still a really bad team. And Miami wins all these games. They win all these one-run games. Their bullpen's great. They play really well at home, so I, I'm not looking to fade them. The Mets are at the Phillies. It's Kode Senga against Taiwan Walker. And quietly, Taiwan Walker has put together three really good starts. He's only allowed one run in his last three starts combined. I feel like this happens with Taiwan. He'll get in this this streak where he's throwing 98 miles an hour, and it's moving just enough to miss the bats that he's not really getting strikeouts, but he's getting those outs that he needs. Um, I think that there's a limited uh, shelf life for Taiwan Walker, especially if he's been throwing three starts well in a row. I don't feel like it's very likely he'll, he'll do a fourth. Um, it's really hard to back the Mets right now, though. Um, their bullpen looks like a disaster. Um, once they lost uh, their closer in the World Baseball Classic, Diaz, they just haven't really recovered. Um, I would think that based on how much money they spent on the rest of the club that they would try to rebuild that bullpen a little bit more. But I don't really know what the Mets kind of plan is. They're really far behind the Braves in the division. Um, this is a big series for them, but they keep kind of failing in these opportune times. And um, the Phillies have not been hitting those. So I think it's Mets or nothing for me. Mariners are at the Orioles. Baltimore minus 115. It's Kyle Gibson against Logan Gilbert. 
And, uh, you know, I, I, Logan Gilbert at an underdog price seems pretty appealing to me. I agree. Um, it looks like the Mariners won't have a ton of bullpen work in a blowout at the, in the Bronx tonight. So um, that's a good sign because you got to go into Baltimore. I think they had a day off today. So you want to make sure that you're about equal as you can be um, with your bullpen situation. But it is a tough start on the opposite coast. Not great for... Um, Seattle, who really hadn't been hitting at all until they found Domingo Herman tonight, who seemingly had no idea where the ball was going and literally was just hanging every curveball he threw, not uh, allowed to use the sticky stuff, apparently. Um, I'm still not a believer in the Seattle offense. I'm not really so much in the Baltimore offense either, but I do like their setup, playing at home, having better rest. I, I think they'll outperform Seattle. Um, but I, I got to say, in terms of the starting pitching matchup, I think Logan Gilbert is more likely to have a better night than Kyle Gibson. Uh, Kyle Gibson is one of the most difficult starting pitchers to project, in my opinion. Rangers are at the Yankees. Dane Dunning goes for the Rangers. Clark Schmidt for the Yankees. The Yankees, minus 145. That price seems a little surprising here. Yeah, Clark Schmidt, seemingly a guy that's about to take this step to become a um, a about to win a role in the in the Yankees rotation, maybe I'll put it that way, and then seemingly can't get out of the fifth inning over and over again. Um, has good swing and miss stuff, but seems to not be able to put it together for full starts. And I, I don't know. I mean, the Yankees, I mean, Josh Donaldson made it look like he's asking, begging to be designated for assignment tonight. Um, hitting 133, getting booed like crazy when he pops out, and then making a really bad error, being lazy, making another... I guess you could probably blame it on a catch error for Domingo Herman, but um, just disastrous night. And I would expect the Yankees to potentially bounce back from that well. Um, but, you know, it's really hard to know if that's going to be the case. I uh, I don't really know what to say about the Yankees. Like, I keep waiting for their offense to wake up, but it's really not doing so. Um, and the Rangers, we know they're going to hit the ball. They have some problems in the bullpen, so I, I would trust uh, the Yankees more than I would Texas's. But... Um, tech, the, the Yankees, excuse me, are not going very well right now. And so I, I'm looking to be against them as much as I can. A's at the Blue Jays. James Caprillion goes for the A's. Chris Bassett for Toronto. Toronto heavily favored, minus 305 as the A's are back to their losing ways. Chris Bassett, massive home road splits. He is a much different pitcher at home, dominant at the Rogers Center. Yeah, was unable to hold a 6 nothing lead at Texas on Sunday. Hopefully my worst uh, loss of the year, but we'll see. Um, and, and honestly, he'd been great as a home dog uh, against the Yankees, against better teams, um, and really had been coming through in that type of situation, which speaks to your home splits um, argument. I feel like he's got a really good chance to bounce back from a really poor start, um, gets the worst team in baseball, uh, not named the Royals. I think it's going to be the Royals against the Athletics in a competition the rest of the season. Um, but it's really, really alarming for me to see the Jays at a $3 favorite because they have had some of the worst performances out there. I have huge motivation and honestly professionalism concerns about Vladdy and uh, a little bit Bo Bichette as well at times. I feel like they're not learning well from each other. Not a lot of good examples in that in that locker room it feels like to me. But in terms of like likelihood to win this game, I would pick the, the Blue Jays. But if you're laying $300 uh, or $3 on this one, I, mean, I guess you got to You'll be sweating it out the whole time, even even with a big lead, I feel like. Brewers are at the Guardians. Wade Miley against Shane Bieber. Cleveland is minus 145, total of eight. 
Huh, I mean, Bieber, I guess, I think he was okay in his last start in Arizona, but the Guardians ended up losing that one late. Um, Wade Miley came off the IL, didn't miss a beat, just was really, really efficient, effective, a lot of those sort of things. Cleveland doesn't hit the ball very well. Yes, they put the ball in play, but that's like exactly what Wade Miley wants. Um, I don't really love the, the Brewers' offense. I, I have questions a little bit about their bullpen as well before you get Devin Williams, who's been pretty solid lately but hasn't had the best year. Um, I, I think it's Milwaukee or nothing for me. I haven't had a great uh, run of going against Shane Bieber, but uh, it feels like a big price for a team that doesn't hit very well. And I think there's a good chance that Wade Miley goes step for step with him, and then we might get a, a, a toss-up late with a plus 130 uh, in our pocket. Battle of the Sox in Chicago. Red Sox against the White Sox. Brian Bello goes for Boston. Lucas Giolito for Chicago. Boston minus 115 on the road. The Red Sox, I mean, they've been playing well lately. I kind of gave away the Thursday game at Minnesota with the like worst lineup I've seen in history, it feels like. For, but they, they played really well against the Yankees. Not sure that's saying much at this point, but look like they're in control of that Minnesota series and then lost in extra innings that kind of gave away the gate, today's game. But... This price kind of reflects how they've been playing. I was kind of hoping that Bayo, who's been good and in the limelight, I think making two Sunday Night Baseball starts back-to-back. Uh, -back. Um, and I, I feel like that's probably ticked this price a little bit higher. But, I mean, seeing the, the White Sox close a favorite to uh, Martin Perez and, and the Rangers just last night, makes uh, on Wednesday night, makes me think there's a chance you might want to wait and hang out if you're interested in backing the Red Sox. I, I'd love to see them as an underdog. I, I do feel like... Um, they're not perfect and clearly have struggled to start the year, but I feel like the White Sox and all, almost any team in these central divisions I'm looking to go against because their records are just extremely inflated based on the competition they've been playing. Um, it is not as much of an unbalanced schedule this year, but I still feel like anything in the central I'd like to go against. Angels at the Rockies, Patrick Sandoval for L.A., Kyle Freeland for the Rockies. L.A. is minus 160. I mean, big, big numbers. Uh, certainly, favorites are not cheap in, in this world. Um, I, I feel like it's hard to trust what Kyle Freeland's going to do. Um, I also have no faith in the Colorado bullpen whatsoever. So, um, Sandoval, the really good start last time out, but against Kansas City, I feel like makes uh, anyone look better than they are. And he's been kind of struggling, has good swing and miss stuff, but doesn't seem to always harness it and kind of lives on a changeup, which I feel like is a little bit less trustworthy than if you have a good fastball or something like that. Um, big price on the Angels, especially coming off a pretty poor series against the Dodgers, but I think it just showed big and little brother, uh, and I would expect them to be pretty motivated to kind of get back off the mat here. The Nationals are at the Padres. Patrick Corbin goes for D.C. Joe Musgrove for the Padres. San Diego minus 278. Will the offensive outburst from Thursday carry over into this game? I mean, they were ahead of every game of the San Francisco series mm -hmm. in the Bay Area and, like, gave them all away. Um, I, I don't really know what to take from that because I generally trust the Padres' bullpen. Um, but, I mean, the, the devil magic in San Francisco at, at Oracle Park or whatever they're calling it now, sometimes it's just too hard to beat, I guess. Um, but I'm pretty interested in... Um, so I'm maybe trying to understand why San Diego is such a big favorite. I feel like their offense has been waking up, um, but it's a gigantic number. Unfortunately, I don't know how in the year of our Lord 2023 I could back Patrick Corbin. It's not <laughs> 2019 anymore or 2019 or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Astros at the Dodgers. J.P. France going for Houston, and it looks like Ed uh, 
Well, Ed Sheeran, go no, Ed Sheehan. <laughs> Ed Sheehan gets the start for the Dodgers. LA is minus 155. Yeah, well, he was singing sweet music, I think, getting through six no hit innings against the Giants in his debut. Pretty good for a guy that throws 96. I mean, stop me if you heard this before, but the Dodgers just roll out some of the most prolific pitchers every year, it seems like. And then they have a bunch of the minors that they trade away, and there's still a bunch left. I don't really know how they're doing it, but it's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what to expect from Sheehan in a second start, but I would expect it to be probably along the same line. Houston's been really struggling to to hit the ball, uh, unfortunately, all season. J.B. France is probably their sixth or seventh choice as a starting pitcher, but um, with three of their starting pitchers on the IL, it's really hard to really make anything happen for Houston. I think that explains a little bit of why they've been so poor pitching-wise, but they haven't been hitting either. Uh, that's a big, big problem. That's why they're so far behind uh, in the AL West. Uh, I, I feel like it's Dodgers or nothing for me. Um, they're a little bit above, I think, my price range, especially on a rookie making his second start. But um, I'm starting to wonder if the Dodgers are starting to play a little bit better. Their bullpen's getting a little bit more stable. Um, but then they also started Broussard Craterall as an opener last night or on Wednesday night, pitched two innings. So I don't know what that's going to look like in closing the game out. So that's enough to I potentially, if you're into back in the Astros, I feel like I'm not exactly talking you out of it, and that's probably not my aim here, but um, I think there's better potential chances to back Houston in this series. This next game is interesting to me. Uh, The Giants are at home against the Diamondbacks. It's a big number, San Francisco minus 190. Well, they got Logan Webb on the hill, and Zach Davies, his numbers are just awful, although his road numbers are not bad. Like He's actually good on the road. He's just horrible at home. The thing that intrigues me the most about this is the situational spot for Arizona. They had a scheduled off day on Thursday, but due to a rainout, they had to make up a game with the Washington Nationals. So they go from Milwaukee to D.C., play a game against the Nationals, and then instead of having you know the off day and the travel, then travel cross-country and now have to play in San Francisco on Friday night. So just a terrible travel situation for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah, I think uh, blame the Canadian fires for the uh, air problems for the the postponement uh, the first time this game was supposed to be played. But now you might also blame a poor performance from Arizona on Friday night to the same type of travel situation you're you're outlining. I mean, Zach Davies is one of those pitchers. Every time he's a favorite, I want to bet against him. I, I feel like he's in a good place right now for me to want to do that, especially pitching for Arizona, who I think have been outperforming their their talent level, they've certainly impressed me more than I was expecting coming into the year. But um, Logan Webb's been awesome, one of the best pitchers in the league. I feel like he's probably deserving of being in the Cy Young discussion right now for the NL. Um, San Francisco probably hasn't been this big of a favorite in a long time, so that does feel a little weird to me. And certainly Webb has had some unlucky times, but I think that even explains or speaks to his performance this year even being better than what those numbers look like, and they look great. Uh, before we give out best bets and uh, tell the people how they can save some money, um, looking towards the future in Major League Baseball, uh, College World Series game uh, uh, here on Thursday night. It's going to the bottom of the ninth inning, 0-0 Wake Forest and LSU as we record this podcast. But Paul Skeens started for LSU. He is the projected number two overall pick in the Major League Baseball draft coming up next month. Uh, He's going to go, I guess, behind his teammate, who is the number one uh, overall pick. And Rhett Lauder 
uh, went for Wake Forest, he's a projected top 10 pick. Skeens, eight innings, only two hits well, with nine strikeouts. Louder, seven innings, only three hits with six strikeouts. Can both of these pitchers pitch in the major leagues next year? Whoa, next year. That's I mean, that's quite a jump. I mean, but... Skeens is throwing 100 miles an hour. Like He's throwing 101, 102. Well, as long as he doesn't throw 156 pitches tonight, <laughs> I still have nightmares from the Stanford Cardinal ace coming in and basically putting my, my Longhorns, uh, my alma mater, uh, pretty much in the... Well, they still lost game three, so I guess I should let that one go. But anyway, um, I, I mean, there's some big jumps. We saw Andrew Abbott from the Reds coming up from double-A all the way to triple-A and then mm-hmm. making the, a debut in the bigs. He's four starts in, so... At this point, I like there's a lot more of the clock manipulation that's been going on, but maybe that's been changing a little bit lately. I, I, don't, I don't know what to say necessarily about it all, but at this point in uh, in Rob Manfred's league, uh, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, these kids watching these kids tonight, they, they could pitch in the major leagues tomorrow. Like they, that's how disgusting they are, throwing 100 miles an hour. And I mean, both these teams, they're like a combined. I think uh, Wake Forest was 18 and 0 when Louder starts this year, and LSU is like 15 and 3 when Skeen starts. It's just, it's just stupid. They both have sub two ERAs and sub one WHIPs. Uh, anyway, let's t- tell the people how they could save money at pregame.com and then let's give out some best bets. Let's do it. Jump in there uh, for this episode. Thank you, of course, to all our Major League Baseball podcast listeners. Use the promo code NATIONAL20. I feel like Sleepy's getting ready for the All-Star game. Use mm. the promo code NATIONAL20. Good for 20% off all listeners of MLB podcasts. Good for seven days from the podcast release. So you got till the 30th of June. Uh, last day of the month, but don't wait. We got picks coming out. We got everyone's putting picks out there across various sports, getting ready for the football season. Which I know a lot of you are just killing time listening to us talking baseball a little bit, but we're trying to bring you some value and make you some money. So use the promo code National Twenty to get twenty percent off any of your purchases. Get get loaded up for next year. Why not? We get some credit if you do it. So National Twenty. Make sure you throw that in the promo code section. Save yourself some money and uh, get everyone to think of us a little bit more positively at pregame internally. Um, I wanted to thank Kevin Welsh for uh, calculating my podcast record. I was 22-17-2 so far to start the season. Um, 56.4% number, so I'm pretty impressed. Thank you for for looking into that, Uh, plus about three units coming into the last week's podcast. So um, appreciate that. Thank you for doing that. For my best bet for this episode, try to keep it going. I'm going to go, I mean... Wade Miley, he's a, uh, a he's a tough one to put out there, but uh, I do really like his ability to hang in games. He looked really good coming off the IL against a, a weaker Pittsburgh lineup, but he's not drawing a tougher one here with Cleveland, who's really going to play, I think, right into his hands. I like the idea of fading Shane Bieber um, and getting plus 130 right now in the Brew Crew seems like a, a number that's worth it to me. So grab Wade Miley plus 130 and the Milwaukee Brewers on Friday night. Uh, I'm going to go with the Texas Rangers team total over. Um, you probably get four to four and a half. Um, anything lower than that, it's an auto fire. Uh, even though Clark Schmidt has looked good in his past couple of starts, I just don't trust him. Uh, Yankees, you know, didn't use a lot of relievers in the blowout here on Thursday, but did use a couple. And it's the short porch in right field. Corey Seager's probably going to hit a home run. Rangers have the best offense in baseball, averaging over six runs a game. Give me the Rangers. Rangers as road dogs give me their team total over and nine at bats yeah I mean we still got a little ways to go in this Yankee game so who knows what but 
all we know is that the long relievers are not going to be available. So that's a good sign because uh, they're going to have to cover a bunch of outs in that Yankee bullpen tomorrow. Absolutely. Griffin, appreciate the time. And thank you for listening. This is RJ Bell's Dream Preview, Major League Baseball Edition.